HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Learn more about PASA's 2021 virtual conference at pasafarming.org slash conference. This week on Meet and 3, it's our 100th episode. We're breaking the mold to kick off our mini-series on global trade. Vegetable, fruits, grains, and cooking technique pass from one region to another. And that's interesting that that region transformed that ingredient into their own specialties. There was a time where black pepper was a luxury. And we know that because people were willing to invest huge amounts of money to go to the Spice Islands in order to get uh, pepper. <laughs> you know, stuff we take for granted now. You know, you go into a restaurant and it's free. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Aki Kotema, food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. My guest today is Sachiko Nakamichi, the co-owner of Benia Mukayu in Kaga City, Ishikawa Prefecture. Benia Mukayu is a beautiful boutique hotel. Uh, we'll discuss Hotel Ryokan later. Uh, it's located in the famous hot spring area, Yamashiro. There are many hotels in the area, but Mukayu is truly distinctive. It has earned multiple accolades, including the member status of Urei Chateau. And if you're a member of Urei Chateau, it means that you are the best of the best in the world of hospitality. So, uh, not only that, Mukayu was awarded the Welcome Trophy by Lule Chateau for its outstanding level of service. But the success did not happen overnight. When Sachiko joined the hotel in 1988, it was a mediocre, mass-market-oriented place to stay. So today, we'll discuss why Sachiko got involved in the hotel business, how she miraculously transformed the unremarkable hotel to the world-class house of hospitality, the concept of the Japanese-style hospitality omotenashi, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan Eats is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, 
uh, whichever you use, and subscribe to Japanese. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's start our conversation with Sachiko Nakamichi. Hello, Sachiko.、Uh, welcome to the shop. Hello, thank you for having us. So, great.、Uh, so, first of all, I heard that you were born and raised in Kanazawa,、uh, that is the capital of Ishikawa Prefecture. And your hotel, Binya Mukayu, is in Ishikawa Prefecture, too. So, what is unique about Ishikawa and、uh, more specifically the Yamashiro Onsen area where Mukayu is located? Ishikawa Prefecture is located at the center of Japan, facing the Sea of Japan. The main city is Kadazawa, which is one of the most popular destinations in Japan for its long history and rich culture. Kanazawa is especially famous for Kanazawa Castle and Kenroken Garden, which is one of the three most beautiful gardens in Japan. Uh, our town, Yamashiro Onsen Hot Spring, is located in the countryside in Kaga, about one hour drive from Kanazawa.、Mm, the hot spring in our town has 1,300 years of history.、Mm, <laughs> very long.、Uh, after visiting Kanazawa, you can relax in the nature, soak in hot spring bath. And enjoy fine Japanese kaiseki dinner and breakfast in our Ryukan Benya Mukayu. And in Yamashiro town, you can explore local culture such as Kutaniyaki porcelain or Yamanakaduri lacquerware and so on. It takes、uh, three hours from Tokyo、uh, by Shinkansen. And two hours from Kyoto by express train to come here. So it's an ideal place to stay and relax for a few days while traveling between two big cities, Tokyo and Kyoto. Wow. So, I mean, three hours by Shinkansen by,、uh, from Tokyo, that means that、uh, Shinkansen to me is another luxury trip. So, you have to bring、uh, you know, some bento and maybe a cup of sake, and <laughs> your travel begins and you get to Yamashiro Onsen area. So, it sounds like a, a dream trip. So,、uh, so you joined Mukayu,、uh, Benia Mukayu, in 1988. And what was your career before that? <laughs> I was born and raised in Kanazawa, and before joining Benya Mukayu, I used to be an、um, elementary school teacher.、Uh, my father was a high school teacher, and my mother was an elementary school teacher when she was young. Some of their students visited our home even after graduation. I remember especially one student, Minato san, who was about、uh, 10 years older than me. He took me and my sister to the mountain while skiing or climbing several times when we were kids. We called him Onichan, which means big brother. The relationship between teacher and students seemed very nice to me, so I decided to become a teacher like my parents. 
I majored in children's literature at the Faculty of Education at Kanazawa University. When I was a teacher, I taught Japanese language, math, science, sociology, music, arts, and physical education, such as running, swimming, football, baseball, and so on. In particular, I loved reading beautiful poems or fairy tales like Gon Izune by Nimi Nankichi with the mm. children. Right. Wow, Gon Izune. That's like if you're a Japanese kid, you know <laughs> that um, Right. So, wow. So it sounds like um, I'm sure your father must be really a great teacher. And your current uh, career in hospitality uh, seems to have a lot to do with... Um, kids' education, because you have to meet multiple unpredictable demands of children, and you're so happy to work on um, those demands. So sounds like you had a destiny to become uh, in this business. Um, so how uh, did you get involved in the hotel business? Mm, my husband's family owned and ran the Benia Eira Kuryokan. Uh, our original plan was that I'd keep on teaching also after getting married. However, sometime before the wedding, my husband Kazunari suddenly told me that the business of Benia Era Kuryokan was in a very difficult situation. So he needed me <laughs> <laughs> so he needed me to quit teaching and help with the recovery of the family business. Uh, Kazunari and I got married in September 1987. Uh, then six months later, I quit teaching and got involved in managing the ryokan. Uh, that was March 1988. Mm, wow, that was Kazunari's uh, great tactic. And <laughs> they turned out to be great for all of us to see such a great hotel now. Um, yeah, so I heard that the uh, hotel was struggling to survive when you joined the business. So what was the hotel like uh, back then and what was the first step you took to change the situation? Mm, back in 1988, uh, 33 years ago, uh, there were 50 rooms, many more compared to the 16 rooms that we have now. Mm, many rooms in the main building were old and shabby. Some of them did not have bus and toilet. Most of the guests were coming with bus tour groups. The room price was very low, and the quality of the facilities and services was very poor. It was a vicious circle no profit, no new investment, guests were not satisfied. And the Ryokan was about to bankrupt because of the debt. The bank was no longer willing to lend us any money, not even a small amount. Mm. The first step uh, I took was uh, to try to improve the quality of the cuisine little by little. 
At the same time, we kept making constant efforts which didn't cost money. For example, I put simple flowers in the rooms. Kazunari and I personally welcomed and said farewell to the guests as often as we could. By doing things like that, we raised the quality step by step and the satisfaction of the guests too. This allowed us to increase the room rate little by little to pay our debts and to make a very small profit year by year. Mm, right. So it's about small steps. And then this is a new year, uh, 2021, uh, January. So everybody's talking about new habits and small steps. So sounds like it always works. Um, okay, and then... Um, I heard that you um, you renovated the hotel next. Uh, so what changes did you make? Mm, yes, using the small profits that we made in the past five years, the next step has been to build an open air hot spring bath in September 1993. Uh, we actually renovated the old communal bath and added a new open-air bath called Komorebi no Yu Hot Spring. Komorebi means the sunlight coming through the leaves of trees or the interplay of light and shadow. I thought this name would be able to tell the story of the future ryokan I had in my mind. I wanted to change the main target from large group to individual group guests, such as couples or families. So, following that, I changed the name of the ryokan from Benia Eiraku to Komorebi no Yu Benia. The new name suggested the idea of hot spring resort in harmony with nature. At that time, Japan was still in the era of group banquet guests. Gorgeous, large ryokans flourished, especially in our region. So the new name indicated a new, very fresh approach, unlike any other ryokans or hotels in this area. Uh, also, the new open air bath was surrounded by the forest garden which perfectly matched the image of Komorebi. Komorebi no, Beni, Komorebi no Yu Hot Spring became a hot topic, and the picture was featured on the cover of a pamphlet of a major travel agency. The, mm. yeah. <laughs> the new communal bus and the new name made my idea visible and easy to understand to others. They gave a clear picture and the direction I wanted to go. Mm. Right. It's a uh, now if you see uh, you know if listeners see Mukayu's uh, website and everything, it sounds easy to get here. But back then you <laughs> didn't have almost nothing and anything. So then your vision is just amazing, right? You had a clear picture of the direction you wanted to go. And that was 
even visual that Komorebi hot spring and the, the nature and the sun. It's just amazing. That's very impressive how visionary you are. So, um, so I heard that you stopped accepting large groups in 1996 and began to focus on individual guests who look for high quality experience. So how did you make the shift?、Uh, it must be very hard to cultivate a new client base. Oh, that's right, Akiko-san. As years from 1993 to 1996 were very hard for us. Komorebi no Yu Hot Spring was very popular and we tried to attract individual guests. But on the other hand, the rest of the facilities was the same as before and we had to continue taking large groups to Amani.、Um, it was really hard. However, after creating the new Komorebi no Yu Hot Spring in 1993, We could close some of the lowest grade old guest rooms. In 1996, we opened a new lobby and four new guest rooms. We could not build many more new rooms because we had to return the loan to the bank. But this allowed us to close some more low grade guest rooms. And then the destiny closed a few more rooms. In fact, in October 1998, an accident happened in the old main building. Suddenly, the old water pipe burst and <laughs> all the rooms from the fifth floor to the ground floor were flooded with water. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> As a result, we closed the old main building. So we had a total of 20 rooms, including the new whole rooms.、Mm. Anyway, thanks to Komorebi no Yu Hot Spring, the new lobby, and the new rooms, people felt that this Ryokan was a nice place for the individual guests. That allowed us to cultivate a new client base.、Mm, right. Well, sometimes bad accident can lead you to something better and、uh, it pushes you forward,、uh, even if you're reluctant to do something. So that happened to you, <laughs> thanks to the pipe burst. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, you, you started,、uh, since you started to focus on individual clients, you began working on a very famous architect,、uh, Kiyoshi Takeyama. He's, he's very famous. So, how did you manage to work with him back then when you are yet to become the famed、uh, Benia Mukayu now? The first open air bath, Komorebi no Yu, was made by a local construction company. But I already knew I wanted to collaborate with an architect that could understand what I had in my mind, help me drawing a vision of the future Rokan, and give it a shape in reality. In the early 90s, I read many architecture magazines and I thought that Takeyama san's design was the best. For Ryokan, I envisioned. 
When I saw a picture of a ryokan in Hakone designed by Takema-san, I immediately felt a strong sympathy and thought, mm, this is it. So I went to Hakone with my husband Kazunari to see it with my own eyes. I was so impressed by the rhythm of the architecture and the design. The architecture seemed to invite the nature to pour inside. I strongly believe that Takeyama-san was the architect I was looking for. But as you said back then, my husband Kazunari and I were still the owners of an unknown low-level ryokan with a very limited budget. And it seemed nearly impossible that Takeyama-san would accept working with us. But we felt we had to try anyway. So when we were still on our way back home from Hakone, we called Takeyama-san's office Amorf Architect Studio, and we could make an appointment at a ryokan without saying the details or the budget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we really wanted Takeyama-san to come and see the possibility in our land with his own eyes. Mm. Mm. Then Takeyama-san <laughs> and Enomoto-san from Amorous Studio eventually visited the Ryokan in October 1994. We asked them to build a vessel, uh, which means a villa, a simple, beautiful Japanese-style architecture in the nature. Takeyama-san and Enomoto-san fell in love with the forest garden and our vision. Then, then they agreed to work with us. Back then, we were all very young. We shared the same energy and passion. We were all just so excited about the idea of creating our villa in the beautiful forest. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, a few days after our meeting, I, I wrote a poem uh, titled Beginning and posted it to Amorf Studio. Enomoto-san replied, Amorf Studio has been open for 15 years, and this is the first time that a client writes an original poem and sends it to us. We promise we'll do our best. <laughs> then then Takam-san started drawing the master plan. He designed freely, guided by his first inspirations. One month later, he had already completed the master plan of our ideal villa. This master plan made our vision clear and gave it a shape. Takeyama-san and Abolf Studio played such an important role for the future development of Menia Mukayu. And uh, unfortunately, though, the budget of the master plan was in 
incredibly expensive. <laughs> we had to decide to proceed little by little. So we started from the lobby and four new guest rooms in 1996. Since then, Benia Mukayu has undergone several major renovations. In 1998, we built an annex、uh, with six new rooms and changed the name from Komorebinoyu Benia to Benia Mukayu. In 2001, we created a library. It was not very common to have a library at a Ryokan and six more new Zen style rooms. In 2006, we completed the foreign restaurant, the Super NT, and Wakamura Saki Suite.、Uh, lastly, in 2018, we designed a new seat room called Byakuroku. You see, the collaboration with Takeyama san and Amoros Studio started almost 30 years ago. And as you can see, it's still ongoing.、Mm, amazing. I'm thinking, if, what if you didn't send the poem to Takeyama san and his office? <laughs> maybe maybe Mukayu didn't exist today. So, <laughs> <laughs> must be really impressive. Do you still have the poem?、Mm, sometimes. <laughs> Ah, you mean yeah, the, that, that poem? I don't have yes. much.、Ah, yes, I have. I have the big file about the first meeting, and I have it、mm. in my file.、Mm. I hope one day you're going to <laughs> publish it. <laughs>、mm. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, but now you have、uh, 16 rooms in total,、uh, less, um, less than a third of the original number of the rooms. So, and each room has a personal onsen facility at the Benya Mukayu, and you can enjoy the beautiful view of the surrounding nature. So,、uh, what is the concept of Mukayu now?、Mm, correct.、Uh, all the 16 rooms have their own private outdoor hot spring bath from which guests can embrace the nature. Mm, the concept of Mukayu is、uh, richness in emptiness, inspired by Zen philosophy. It was born from the vision of a vessel, a villa, which we see as a perfect place for feeling part of the nature. Everything here reflects the way in which we Japanese accept and appreciate the brevity of life. The flowers inside the ryokan are the same white flowers that one can see in our forest garden. The furniture is very simple. The rooms are like empty vessels featuring only shoji paper screens, tatami mats, and clay walls. The windows of every room are opened wide onto the garden, allowing light and shadow to pour in. The wooden private baths are always filled to the brim with hot water, reflecting the trees in the garden as in a mirror. Our guests often have very busy lives. 
then, Benia Mukayu is the right place to escape from the routine and to release the body and mind from daily life.、Uh, the time the guests spend at Benia Mukayu remains as empty space in a busy schedule book. I think、uh, it's a time filled with freedom because it's empty. And it's a time for feeling richness in emptiness. Hi,、mm. richness in emptiness. So you said the、um, you know, brevity of life earlier in this section. And I think Japanese people often think of that brevity. Everything's so、um, elusive, sometimes like cherry blossoms, it only lasts for a couple of weeks. Which is beautiful rather than having them forever. So, if you are too busy, you can't ca- capture the moment of that brevity. Like, you can't have time to pay attention to、um, changing seasons and all those very subtle but important moments of nature and life. That's really,、uh, I think, the essence of Japanese culture, too. So, so, it sounds like if you go to Mukayu, you can't have. The richness of emptiness, which means that you can not miss anything important in your life,、um, getting away from crazy, busy, destructive、uh, modern life. So, I haven't been there, but hopefully, one day I get a chance to clean up my mind <laughs> and stay empty. <laughs> you need that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do.、Um, All right, so、uh, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll discuss、um, the essence of Japanese hostility called omotenashi、uh, that you can find at Benia Mukayu. So please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by PASA Sustainable Agriculture. Cultivating environmentally sound, economically viable, and community focused farms and food systems. PASA Sustainable Agriculture's annual conference is one of the largest gatherings of sustainable farmers, food system professionals, and changemakers in the nation. The 2021 virtual conference takes place January 19th to February 5th and features more than 90 sessions on topics that include. Soil health, climate change, crop production, livestock grazing, urban agriculture, community building, food justice, and much, much more. Don't miss keynote speaker Robin Wall Kimmerer, scientist and author of Braiding Sweetgrass Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. Learn more about PASA Sustainable Agriculture's 2021 virtual conference and register online at pasafarming.org slash conference. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Aki Kotema, and my guest today is Sachiko Nakamichi, the co owner of Benia Mukayu in Kaga City, Ishikawa Prefecture. So now,、um, let's see. Well, let's talk about the food, which is, this is Japanese, so we should do that. So, you have a beautiful restaurant at Mukayu, Benia Mukayu, called Kaiseki Horin. So, what is the concept of Horin? Okay.、Oh. Um, the, normally, when 
staying at a ryokan, dinner and breakfast are served in the rooms. However, at Benya Mukayu, we have a restaurant called Kaiseki Horim. In my opinion, having the meals at the restaurant enhances the whole experience. Uh, because the guests can appreciate the food better, they can easily interact with Kosuke, the restaurant manager, and the sommelier. Sometimes the guests can also meet our chef, Kaku-san. Years ago, I wrote a short text to introduce the forum to our guests. It reads, uh, we honestly deal with uh, seasonal ingredients uh, that have been cultivated and sourced by our suppliers. We spare no effort and we work wholeheartedly with our best wisdom to maximize uh, their freshness and the beauty of their flavor. Uh, we will deliver the seasonal taste of Japan. This is the concept of Kaiseki Horin. Mm, that sounds fantastic. So, uh, what types of food do you offer at the Kaiseki Horin? Uh, we offer Kaga Kaiseki dinners and traditional breakfast. Uh, the ingredients are always seasonal, local, and fresh. The way to cook and present them is simple. Uh, because we want our guests to taste their natural flavors. We serve the food on beautiful local Kutani porcelain and Yamanaka or Wajima lacquerware, and each vessel is chosen to enhance the content. We have curated selection of sake and signature wines to match the food as well. In the morning, our breakfast consists of rice cooked in asam pots, miso soup, tofu, uh, umeboshi, pickles, dashibaki tamago, Japanese omelette. Uh, breakfast that is definitely unique, but we also serve a Western-style breakfast to those guests who prefer a lighter one. Mm. Right. Well, Japanese breakfast is really something uh, you should experience in Japan. And uh, yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, so can you tell us about your suppliers uh, you, that you mentioned earlier? Mm. Uh, our region, Kanga, is quite special because mountain is very close to the sea. So we get the best from both the land and the sea, fish, rice, vegetables. So we have a lot of suppliers and a very close uh, relationship with each of them. Because we live in the same area since our childhood, we know exactly what is the best season for each local product. We also know how the weather conditions affect the supply. If it is very cold, and rainy, we know how hard it is to fish. 
That is why at Kaiseki Forum, we feel the responsibility to maximize the freshness and the beauty of the products we get from our suppliers.、Mm, in addition, we are committed to use more fish that is sourced sustainably. As a member of Rural Shuttle, we took part in a project called Fish Unknown, where we propose recipes using varieties of fishes、uh, that are tasty, tasty but normally not used in high end restaurants. We made a new menu, Shimat Umazura. <laughs> Umazura means false face. It is a kind of kawahagi fire fish, and in the future, we will propose more unknown but tasty local treasures like that.、Mm, right, it's very、uh, local and sustainable.、Um, so let's talk about、um, austerity. That's called Omotenashi in Japanese. So,、um, Mukayu was awarded the welcome trophy by Rulei Chateau for its outstanding level of service in 2013. So, what is the philosophy of austerity at、uh, Benia Mukayu? Yes,、uh, it was just such a great honor for us to be awarded the welcome trophy of Rulei Chateau. Rulei Chateau is not a chain of hotels, it's an association. Where all the members share a vision based on a strong family spirit. The owners, the staff members, and even the guests are all part of the Rural Chateau family. Of course, each hotel has got its own unique way to treat the guests. For us, the most important thing is to make them happy. When they stay at Benia Mukayu.、Mm, in my opinion,、uh, they come here to have a happy time rather than just for facilities or for the food. I think the key is whether we, can able to, we are able to、uh, treat our guests as a member of the Mukayu family. As well as of the Rory Chateau family, instead of treating them just as customers.、Mm, right. And I think you can actually feel, especially places like、uh, Benia Mukayu, it's a small scale and you don't want to feel isolated because your focus is yourself being empty. So you just want to be comfortably accommodated. So it sounds like that's a.、Uh, Kind of not pushy service, but a very、um, indirect,、uh, welcoming feeling that you are accommodated without any、um, sales <laughs> attempt. So that's kind of like style of Japanese omotenashi, and、uh, sounds like you're offering it. So,、uh, could you give us an example of how you practice the Mukayu style hospitality? Uh, the Ryoka has been owned and run by our family for almost 100 years.、Um, Katsutari and I are the third generation owners now. Many staff members have been working with us for a very long time. Our motto is family spirit.、Uh, my husband, Katsutari, is a tea master of Urasenke. He welcomes the guests himself 
with a dedicated tea ceremony, wearing a kimono every day. As for me, every day I take care of shizurae, which means the setting of the property in harmony with Japanese sensitivity towards nature. I also greet the guests personally before dinner, offer them yoga classes every morning before breakfast, and say farewell when they check out. Our two sons are also working with us. Daisuke is the shop manager and Kosuke is the restaurant manager. Uh, one day they will be the fourth generation owners of Media Mukayu. And our staff. Our chef Kakusan has been working with us for more than 15 years. Uh, and uh, at the front desk, Oyama-san, Ujimori-san, and Nakagawa-san have been with us also more than 15 years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and the spa manager Nishino-san as well. They all remember our regular guests and their preferences very well. Mm, so our guests can always find someone familiar, someone that they can trust. I think uh, that is special because it makes the guests feel at home and in a way also safe. And, uh, and what really makes the difference is how we take care of our guests during the stay. Let me give you an example. If the guests watch the flowers very closely, well, here is an opportunity to engage with them. Find out how they feel about the flowers. Tell them what kind of flowers they are. What is special about them? This makes the guests happy. And it can be done with anything, food, sake, objects, local traditions. The key is whether we can we are be we are able to build a relationship, I think. We also feel that it is our responsibility to present local products, crafts and traditions so people can see them in a fresh way. Guests can enjoy some of Mukayu's unique experiences in Yamashiro Onsen or nearby. Then, like uh, kamisuki paper, or a soba making experience, or a visit to a local tea roasting factory, or a workshop at a Kutani porcelain kiln, and so on. In this way, we connect our guests to local people. Right. Um, yeah, that's the example of that, you know, guests watching the flower. But then I think the key is to observe who you are dealing with because uh, we tend to say something without thinking too much about the other people or the other person you are talking with. But by observing it, you can really deeply understand somebody's um, feelings and what they like. So I, I learned a lesson. I should observe people more to practice my own hospitality in my own life. <laughs> um, 
So the concept of Mukayu must be、um, your own ideal space. So, how did you develop the vision of the perfect space to stay? Because as far as I heard, you're very visionary. So, did you personally have it when you joined the hotel business or you gradually developed it over the course of transforming the hotel? Mm, I think、uh, it's rooted in my childhood. When I was a child, I loved to go to my grandparents' home to spend the four summer holidays with them. They lived in the countryside, about one hour by train from my home in Kanazawa. My memories are still very clear. I remember the rice fields. The vegetable gardens, the shrine. I used to go to the shrine every day and played with the other kids. We would catch shikadars and fireflies and put them in little baskets or glass jars to observe them. I was especially attracted by fireflies. They are small and weak light. Gave me delicate emotion, thinking of their ephemeral life. In the mornings, I would go and handpick cucumbers and tomatoes for breakfast. I remember the smell very well. And、uh, we would put watermelons in the stream beside the house to get cool before eating them. Uh, but the best was reading my favorite books in Engawa Veranda in the afternoon under Komorebi. So, when Takeyama san designed the first four rooms, I asked him to place Engawa Veranda between the room and the forest garden. He realized some beautiful ones much beyond my expectations. They are the most relaxing place for our guests. Another example is Wakamarasaki Suite Room. When I was little, in front of my house in Kanazawa, there used to be a school lined with sakura trees. At the end of the sakura blooming, it's only a few days in a year, the petals were fluttering into my house. I felt like、um, I was into another world. Due to the renovation of my house, the scenery was lost when I was a child, yet I clearly remembered the scene and kept it in my mind for many years. Then, in 2006, I shared this memory with Takeyama san, and that became the concept of Wakamurasaki Suite,、uh, which is located、uh, right in front of a mountain sakura tree that is、uh, more than 100 years old. So, when it comes to sakura season, Uh, when guests walk into Wakamurasaki Suite, our staff opens the glass sliding door. Then the petals gently flutter inside the room, like in my memory. So, yes, 
somehow um, Benyamu Kayu recreates some ephemeral and beautiful moments of my childhood. Mm, wow. So it is a place to stay, but guests are going into your memories, <laughs> which is very unique. Um, so the classic Japanese style hotel is called the Ryokan. Uh, what is the difference between hotel and ryokan? Mm, uh, from the guest point of view, there are some differences between hotels and ryokans. Uh, for example, the architecture in ryokans is mainly traditional Japanese style. Prices are always half-bought, include dinner and breakfast. The food at Ryokan's is usually preset. Basically, the chef offers you the best seasonal and local food available on that day. Uh, but in my opinion, the biggest difference between hotels and Ryokan's is that uh, ryokans represent the Japanese culture and the Japanese mindset, which are unique. Because Japan has closed the country for a long time, Japanese culture of lifestyle was developed with a few influences from abroad. Um, unfortunately, this variable culture has almost disappeared in modern normal life in the cities because people's lifestyle has changed. For example, when you look at the pictures on today's architecture magazines, you will see very nice flooring, but not tatami or bamboo floor. You will see doors, but no shoji paper screens or clay wall. You seldom see traditional materials that are breathing. By this, I mean which are natural and age with time. Modern architecture is convenient, which is all good, but it hasn't a strong Japanese identity. People are likely to forget the gentle touch of tatami, bamboo, clay, or wood. Also, the gentle quality of the light filtering into the room through short paper screens. However, so many things at Ryokan still reflect the traditional Japanese lifestyle that seems to be lost elsewhere. In many ways, Ryokan represents the best of Japanese culture and aesthetics. I'm sure Staying at a ryokan is the best way to experience the real Japan. Hmm, hundred percent, I agree. <laughs> yeah, <Thank> you. <laughs> right. Well, you said you know the materials um, that ages over time, and uh, it's just uh, the word wabi-sabi. Uh, it's a very specific Japanese aesthetics um, that aging things are beautiful rather than having always shiny new things. Uh, we accept how beautiful they are. And I think it's just too, maybe a too much of an extension, but um, in Japan, elder people are not treated as 
nothing. <laughs> That's what, relatively speaking, they're well more respected than a lot of other cultures. So, yeah, it's appreciating old things. And if you smell,、um, you know, the tatami mat, which is a very traditional, there's something healing about it. And you, you time stops within that tradition. So, yeah, listeners, if you are interested in going to Japan after the pandemic soothes, Ryokan is one of the greatest place to, places to enjoy、uh, the essence of Japanese culture. So, anyway, so do you call Mukayu、uh, Ryokan or Hotero? <laughs> Thank you for your question,、uh, Akiko san.、Uh, we are proud to be a Ryokan. We are also part of the association, the Ryokan Collection. The spirit of Mukayu's hospitality, Omotenashi, is based on Japanese sensitivity towards nature. Guests are encouraged to tune into the rhythm of nature. I think that、uh, we offer many keys to the guests to access Japanese aesthetics and mindset. The architecture, the forest garden, the rooms, the hot spring onsen, the tea ceremony, and the food, of course. Normally, the guests are very relaxed and quiet. They wear yukata,、uh, they really take the time to enjoy the bath, the atmosphere, the food, and the service, and so on. Okay. So,、um, let's see. So, we're running out of time a little bit. So, what are your plans for the future?、Um, last year, Takema san sent a postcard with a message So, what's next? He knows me very well. So, he knows that I still have some plans for the future. Uh, this year, we are planning to put a structure covered with plants to surround the outside of the property. That will bring our guests closer to nature. The beauty of the four seasons and the appreciation of the changing、uh, cornerstones of Japanese culture and Mukayu's omotedashi hospitality. After COVID 19,、uh, we feel that luxury is no longer enough for traveling.、Uh, since we stopped traveling, I think we, are, we all become more aware of what is precious about it. People want to experience the warmth and emotions of real human interaction. People want to explore what is real Japan, not only the surface, but also dig deep into the culture.、Uh, the roots of Japanese culture and mindset arise from Shintoism and Zen Buddhism.、Um, in Shintoism, there are many gods in any form of natural things. We say, Eight million goats, Yao Yorozu no Kami. The feeling of being blessed by a lot of goats when we are in the beauty of nature makes us happy. 
in Zen Buddhism, we are nothing more than just a part of nature. And our lives are very brief. By accept, accepting this, we make our mind calm and peaceful. So we will offer many more keys to the guests to access Japanese mindset. Starting from the Shitsurae, the setting of the property in harmony with nature, uh, which can bring along calmness, happiness, and peacefulness. At Benyamukayu, we all hope that during their stay with us, our guests will be healed and rejuvenated in both physical and spiritual way. Mm, right. Yeah, the, you mentioned a very important thing that, you know, Shintoism and Zen Buddhism, they are about gratitude toward nature and the Buddhism accepting everything, um, not pretending you are better or anything, you accept everything, that's who you are. That makes you really in peace. And especially in this COVID situation, these are very important. So, um, so this is my final question. So where can we find more information and updates about the Mukayu? Mm, you can go to our website, mukayu.com, and you can follow our, us on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, so it's uh, Mukayu is M-U-K-A-Y-U dot com, uh, M-U-K-A-Y-U dot com, Mukayu. Uh, so listeners, I really suggest that you visit the website and just watch a beautiful pictures and you feel like visiting there. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Sachiko. Uh, thank you very much, Akiko-san. You are excellent. So looking forward to uh, another new visions to be proven to uh, dream comes true. Listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or akikokatehama.com. Japanese is a weekly program and always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Aman Wang, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Japanese is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.